Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. It's 8 March, it's Sunday, it's time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And let's see, we got a couple of visitors here. We've got Benzer and Sandra. They've come from the UK. All right, they came all the way from just south of London, in between the, uh, uh, what do you call it, the Channel and um, London is about where they live in a place called Crawley, England. And I've been able to remember that because he said, just think of Creepy Crawley. And so uh, uh, what I want them to do, I want him and her to come up here, but come on this side of the pulpit when you come here. Now, normally I won't have people come up. I don't want to embarrass people, but... I want to embarrass you guys. So, not much. Yeah, what I need you to do is I need you to just fit right into that box. As long as you can see yourselves in that box, then we know that they can see you. Okay. These, these folks are uh, from the UK, and their church is the superior word. And uh, they uh, attended in England, and eventually they had to leave the church they were at for doctrinal reasons, and they have not been able to find a home church. And I say this from time to time, how heartbreaking that is to me, that somebody doesn't have a, uh, a church that they can attend. And so they started to look for an online church to attend. They each went and looked at online churches independently of each other. And this is why I wanted to bring them up is because he came home and he said, I think I found an online church. And he was going to say, you know, before you say anything, because you got this kind of strange looking guy. And then she, independently of him, said, I found an online church. But before you say anything, and they had decided on the same church independently of each other. And so that's kind of the way the Lord works and things. And uh, so I wanted people online to know that and the people here is that uh, uh, we do have a streaming church where people attend from countries all over the place and all over the U.S. and whatever, and they take communion with us each week, and uh, there's fellowship online that they can do. But I, it just really touched me that that happened in their lives, is that they independently, you know, showed up and were ready to apologize for the choice that they had made because of the look of the pastor. But anyway, I want to welcome you guys to the U.S., and uh, we, we've had a couple good days so far, and uh, I can't do anything with them today or tomorrow because that's... Uh, uh, sermon typing day and obviously church today, but we'll get together a couple more times, hopefully, before you depart. So anyway, it's good to have you here. Thank, thank you. you for making this effort. It means oh. a great deal to oh. us. Yeah. Well, thank you. Good deal. All right, there we go. Uh, all right, let's see here. That was, you know, I, I don't mean to embarrass you like that, but I just thought I'm... Not I, much. Yeah, not much. But I want people to know uh, uh, how special that uniting of their decision was and uh, they've written a couple books. One of them was uh, one that I had Jim read a while ago, and I talked about it. It's uh, When Did My Life Begin? Okay, that's right. It's about the journey of a child in the womb prior to marriage. And then uh, they have another book. What's the name of that book? The Light on My Wall. The Light on My Wall. Okay, The Light on My Wall. And uh, it's about their own journey in their life together. I won't give the details, but uh, that's their own journey. And they brought a copy for us to read. And uh, so we'll... Uh, peck through that. I'm a very slow reader. It takes me, literally, I might read a page a day of any book that's given to me, and that means it'll be years. But we have Jim that reads a lot of books here, and uh, my wife will definitely read that through as well. But uh, uh, good stuff. It's wonderful to have you guys here. Thank you. All right. Our first category, as always, is Israel. 
And before I actually give that uh, particular uh, segment, I want to say that today is our final doctrine sermon. We've done nine sermons so far. This is our final one. This is entitled, The Word of God, A Petition for Reason. And what that means is that uh, people may dismiss the Word of God. They may not read the Word of God. They may not get into it, and they simply think they know everything. I'm a prophecy expert because I heard my pastor teach on mid-tribulation rapture, and because of that, uh, they know everything about everything in the Bible. And uh, that is not the proper way to handle theology. You need to actually read the Word, and then I will uh, discuss some of the things that are wrong in our thinking concerning Scripture and life in general. And it's, it's a really important sermon. Even though it's a doctrine sermon, there's not a lot of doctrine in it, but it is something that I think people should watch just so they understand their relationship both with the Word, with the Lord, and how they pursue theology and how they pursue church matters. So there you go with that. I would recommend you watch that. From the Times of Israel, many accused Jewish pedophiles in the United States flee to Israel. This is going to be kind of a downer Israel section today, but all three of these articles came up in the past week, and I thought I'm going to bring them up. Many Americans accused of sexually abusing children flee to Israel to escape justice. Obviously, these are Jews because they have a right to return, okay, according to a report. And bringing them back can be tough. Many of the accused go on to abuse children in Israel as well, the report said. Jewish Community Watch, which started tracking accused pedophiles in 2014, has said it has identified more than 60 such people who have fled from the United States to Israel in that time, and that the actual number is likely much larger. The organization said that most of its cases originate from modern Orthodox to ultra-Orthodox communities in the United States, but that it happens across the wider Jewish community as well. So all these people that you think are real pious and they wear their little hats and uh, they go out and they pray in the streets and all that, these are the people that are doing those things. The same thing that is going on in the Catholic Church right now around the world, the exact same thing is in our community. The cover-ups are the same, the stigma, the shame. Jewish men and women have been able to escape to Israel using the law of return, which grants any person with a Jewish grandparent the right to obtain Israeli citizenship automatically. Jewish Community Watch's chief operating officer, Shana Aronson, said the blame starts with Jewish communities in the United States and the U.S. government for not seeking extraditions, but that Israeli law enforcement has come up short in prioritizing the search for suspects. Israeli police commented that they take the cases seriously and coordinate with the Justice Ministry and police worldwide. So there you go. This is something that's going on, and like the Catholic Church, we should be aware of it. From Haaretz, Israel approves allowing transgender people to change gender on IDs without surgery. The Justice Ministry has approved new rules that will make it significantly easier for transgender people to change their gender on their identity cards, even if they haven't undergone any reassignment surgery. The wait time for the Health Ministry approval has been cut from two years to six months. But during this time, transgender individuals will still have to prove to a ministry committee that they are living with a different gender identity. In another improvement, if you can call it an improvement, the committee will no longer be able to demand that transgender people start hormone replacement therapy to obtain its approval. Additionally, people will now be able to change their gender on their ID cards at age 16 rather than 18. 
Until 2015, Israel permitted people to change their gender on their ID cards only after gender reassignment surgery. But following a petition by transgender women to the High Court of Justice, the state established a committee two years ago to consider requests by transgender people to alter their ID cards without an operation. Despite specifying a wait time of six months before final approval to change their gender marker on ID cards, the new rules also allow the committee to shorten this time if it sees fit. So you can see there's a real problem in Israel with all types of things, and this is the kind of thing that's going on. Next article continues on with that same line of thought. Times of Israel, High Court extends surrogacy rights to gay couples and single men. A summary of the decision publicized by the High Court of Justice said current surrogacy laws disproportionately violate the right to equality and the right to parenthood of these groups and are illegal. The decision was unanimous by the five-judge panel. Current law only allows surrogacy for heterosexual couples or single women who are unable to have a child. Attempts in recent years to expand access to surrogacy to the LGBT community have faced vehement opposition from Haredi political parties. A July 2018 law that extended eligibility to unmarried women sparked nationwide protests from the gay community and its supporters for excluding gay men. In October 2018, the Knesset voted 49 to 41 to reject a bill extending surrogacy laws to same-sex couples despite support for the bill by Prime Minister Netanyahu. Netanyahu, who ended up voting against the bill himself, said in a statement at the time, I support surrogacy for the LGBT community, but up until this moment, we don't have a majority in the coalition to pass the law. When we have a majority, we'll pass the legislation. Sounds like a typical politician there. He votes against it, but he says he supports it. Thursday's ruling will force the Knesset's hand or see the court strike down the restrictions on single men and same-sex couples next year. So you can see that I read this verse from time to time, and I want people to remember this. I support Israel not because Israel's right with the Lord, but because the Lord has placed them back there for his sovereign purposes. If it was up to Israel and their actions alone and the way they run their, their government, the way they run their uh political life and their religious life, I wouldn't support them at all. That's a fact, because as it says in Ezekiel 36, 22, therefore say to the house of Israel, these people that are allowing these type of abominations there, thus says the Lord God, I do not do this for your sake, O house of Israel, but for my holy name's sake, which you have profaned among the nations wherever you went and where they continue to do so to this day. Just like all other countries in the world, they want to be like that and they are like that. And because of that, they are going to bring the wrath of God down on themselves during the tribulation period. But I support Israel as a nation because God has placed them back there in order to bring them to the place where they will call on Messiah and he will return to this earth and dwell among them. But that's not happened yet, so we have to be balanced in our approach towards Israel. From the Times of Israel, turnout highest since 2015 as voters defy predictions of apathy virus fears. 71% of Israelis vote 
despite analysts' prediction that the turnout could be depressed by fatigue for a third election in a year. They had a giant number of people go out and actually vote for this election. Why not Netanyahu? Peace with Arab nations, only a matter of time. So a couple things that are just going on there. The vote is over. Netanyahu won. He did not get enough to form his coalition, which is what, 61 seats. He didn't get it. So they're working on maybe trying to do something and maybe they'll go to a fifth election. Who knows? And then, as I said, uh, Netanyahu is pretty certain that peace with the Arab nations is right around the corner which fits perfectly with Gog Magog. That's going to happen before because they are not going to come against Israel. As it says, those nations are not mentioned. And so things are really lining up in Israel as far as that's concerned. Okay, Christian news. Uh, I'd like to uh, congratulate Jerry Stringer. He's watched all of the Genesis sermons. Okay, and so that's a real achievement, and people are starting to email me telling me that they've done this, and it always tickles me because it's a lot of sermons, and it's a lot of information, and uh, you got to look at my face a lot of times unless you listen to the podcast, and then you're probably better off. But anyway, congratulations to him. And then another note on our sermons. All of the Leviticus sermons now, the Esther sermons, the Ruth sermons, and Jonah are on one single PDF, each individual. In other words, Jonah's on one, Leviticus is on one. A friend of mine, Wade Nolan, has put them all onto PDFs and Word docs. So instead of asking me, you know, I'd like your sermons and I send you 150 Genesis sermons, they're all in one document. So I want to thank Wade for doing that. And if somebody wants that sermon material, it makes my life so much easier. Just say, I'd like the Genesis sermons and I can send one single email and they're yours. Same thing with any of those others. And he's working on numbers and Exodus as well. So I want to thank him. And there you go. That's a resource that if anybody wants it, email me. You can have all my information. I There's nothing copyrighted by Charlie Garrett. We don't monetize anything, not our videos, not the website. You're not going to find a donate button there, nothing. What we do here is because the Lord has allowed us to do it. And so what comes in freely goes out freely. Okay, there you go. From Reformation Charlotte, new study shows nearly half of mainline Protestant pastors, just like Israel, support gay marriage. A new study by LifeWay Research says that 47%, nearly half of all mainline Protestant pastors now support same-sex marriage. Well, that's like calling the, uh, you know, the lamestream media, the mainstream media. Okay, I don't know who decided that, but it's not mainstream to me. And these people are obviously not mainline either, but there you go. Um, it says this is up from 15% 10 years ago. So they've gone from 15% to 47% in just 10 years. The same study shows that evangelicals over the years have remained steady at 8% with no increase over the same time period. According to the LifeWay, the report at LifeWay, around a third said they see nothing wrong with civil unions between two people of the same gender. That's because they don't know their Bible or they just completely dismiss it. They may know it and they just say, we don't care. Almost two thirds say they disagree with the majority strongly disagreeing. The study aligns itself with the evidence that is persistent in mainline Protestant denominations, such as the Presbyterian Church USA, which is not not a Christian church anymore. It is the, That lampstand is pulled. I'm not making the judgment for Christ, but in my mind, I wouldn't walk into there if they had a banquet with free food. Wouldn't do it. The, U, the UMC, same thing. They're getting there very quickly. The Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, which is completely apostate, there, as it says, all apostate denominations that ordain women, which is contrary to the Bible, and in many cases, homosexuals. 
While the United Methodist Church has been divided over the cause of same-sex marriage, the ELCA and PCUSA are both actively involved in the promotion of sodomy, both in the world and in their religious institutions. It comes as no surprise that these apostate denominations continue to increase their support for aberrant sexuality as they've already traded the truth of God's word for a lie. Now, they've been given completely over to the lusts of their hearts. That's Reformation Charlotte. I agree with them wholeheartedly. From Fox News, Pennsylvania Roman Catholic Diocese files for bankruptcy after $12 million in sex abuse settlements. Once again, another church completely gone because of this same sexual sin that's going on in churches all over the world and, as I noted, in Israel. The Roman Catholic Diocese of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, filed for bankruptcy months after admitting it paid more than $12 million to victims sexually abused by their clerics as children. $12 million. Now, think of this. People work for a living. They go out and they work in the steel mills or they work in wherever up in Pennsylvania. They make their money and they give it to the church. And the church turns around and has to give 12 million of their hard-earned dollars in a lawsuit. I would never go to that church again. I mean, the people that would continue to go to a church like that and continue to give their money to that church must be insane. But it shows you the grab that cults have on people. And the RCC is basically a cult. I mean, they get their fingers into you. There's an old saying that if you rear up a child in the Roman Catholic Church till they're three, they'll be a Roman Catholic forever. Well, thankfully, a lot of people that were in the RCC did get out of there and they attend this church. But it, it, it's heartbreaking to think that people work so hard in their lives and they give a portion of it to what they think is the right cause and this type of thing happens. The filing said the diocese faces potentially significant exposure from remaining claimants. Oh no, which is estimated to be at least 200 more than the 111 cases it has already settled. The bankruptcy filing also claimed it has liabilities between 50 million and 100 million dollars with assets of less than 10 million dollars. They are in really bad shape. We have no other path forward to ensure the future of our diocese, which should just be completely shut down, then reorganization and bankruptcy. Bankruptcy could shield the diocese from more claims, lawyer Ben, whatever, can't pronounce some Italian name, said, from the day they file bankruptcy, moving on into the future, if someone did not present their claim in that time frame, it is exhausted forever. Uh, his name is, I'll say it, and Rosie, that's what it looks like, has settled about 20 claims against the diocese. The Harrisburg Diocese opened a temporary settlement program after a landmark grand jury report accused it and five other dioceses in Pennsylvania of covering up the sexual abuse of hundreds of children over much of the past century. Attorney Jeff Anderson, who represents dozens of church abuse victims, said a bankruptcy filing could be used to cover up the diocese's assets in determining their liability to victims or avoid divulging documents on how they handled past abuse claims. So far, 22 dioceses and religious orders in the United States have filed for bankruptcy. 22 dioceses and more are coming. This shows you the level of perversion that has been going on in the Roman Catholic Church for years and years, actually for centuries. It's been going on, but in the past, nobody, you know, talked about these type of things. Now we got news medias, we got people that are willing to sue, and so this kind of stuff comes out, but this has been going on for a long, long time. From Zero Hedge, Pope Francis, the tax man. George Bergoglio, a.k.a. Pope Francis, has once again opined on financial matters. 
the purported head of the Catholic Church has now designated tax cuts. You want a tax cut? That's sinful behavior on par, apparently, with stealing, lying, and adultery. Today's structures of sin include repeated tax cuts for the richest people, often justified in the name of investment and development. Bergoglio did not mention what category of sin advocacy for tax cuts fall under, whether they're venial or mortal. Every year, hundreds of billions of dollars, which should be paid in taxes to fund health care and education, accumulate in tax haven accounts, thus impeding the possibility of the dignified and sustained development of all social agents. What Bergoglio and his fellow socialists do not understand is that tax cuts lead to economic growth, whether they are for higher or lower income groups. The less wealth that the state confiscates, the more is available to be used for saving and investment. Two keys to economic growth. The rich do not hoard their money, but expand and create businesses, which leads to more and better paying jobs for lower income groups who supposedly Bergoglio wants to help. For all those concerned, it is best that Pope Francis should be ignored, not only for the falsehoods he spreads about Christianity, but also as a social theorist. So there you go with that. Our, our RCC Pope is out there saying that it's a sin to give tax cuts nowadays. Whatever. From Islam, he ought to be worried about the sin of all these children. It had been violated over the past many years. From Islam Today, National Review, the DOJ creates a new unit to strip citizenship from terrorist criminals. That's good news. The Justice Department announced a new unit to handle the denaturalization of individuals who obtained citizenship illegally and other criminals. Now, I can see the left is going to start challenging these right in court, and they're going to say, you can't do this, but this is a great idea. The new section dedicated to investigating and litigating revocation of naturalization of individuals who illegally secured naturalization or committed other serious crimes will be under the Civil Division's Office of Immigration Litigation. This move underscores the department's commitment to bring justice to terrorists, war criminals, sex offenders, and other fraudsters who illegally obtained naturalization. When a terrorist or sex offender becomes a United States citizen under false pretenses, it is an affront to our system, and it is especially offensive to those who fall victim to these criminals. U.S. citizens can be stripped of citizenship for a variety of reasons, including becoming affiliated with a terrorist organization or, listen to this, a totalitarian party like the Communist Party. So we should be able to get rid of Bernie Sanders is what we should do. Or if it is discovered that the person was not eligible for naturalization in the first place. The U.S. may also revoke citizenship for lying about their identity or deliberate deceit on the part of the person regarding other relevant information such as their employment. We finally have a process in place to get to the bottom of all these bad cases and start denaturalizing people who should not have been naturalized in the first place. What we're looking at when you boil it all down is potentially a few thousand cases. Well, that's kind of a small little amount, but it's getting rid of some bad people. But listen to this next article. You wonder where people come from in this nation and how they keep coming? Zero Hedge. How the interpreter scam brought 75,000 Iraqis and Afghans to America. Anybody heard about the interpreter scam? Here we go. The latest battle over special immigrant visas pitted Stephen Miller, President Trump's senior advisor, against the Pentagon. 
The military brass was lobbying for 6,000 special immigrant visas for Iraqis who work for American forces in the country. They're a translator for the U.S. in their country, and now they're asking to bring them to the United States. These visas were once again billed as helping interpreters. Everybody got that? Sounds like a good thing. That's a lot of interpreters considering that there were only 5,200 American troops in Iraq. They're asking for more interpreters than there were people stationed there, okay? How could there be more Iraqi interpreters for American troops than there are troops? The special immigrant visa scam has been sold for over a decade using the same claim that it's needed to save the lives of Iraqi and Afghan interpreters who are risking death by helping American soldiers, which is untrue, but we'll leave it at that. Maybe in some cases it is. In one decade, the U.S. has handed out 75,250 of these visas to Iraqi and Afghan employees and their dependents. Between 2007 and 2017, they represented 1% of all immigrant visas. The truth is that the military brass has wrongly used the incentive to recruit local personnel and cut costs by promising them resettlement in the United States. Considering the cost of resettling even the nicest Iraqi or Afghan families, it would have been cheaper to pay them a six-figure salary. But that would have come out of the defense budget. The SIV scam passes the buck to local cities and states, to ordinary taxpayers and communities who have to hire interpreters who speak Pashto to interact with the children of the interpreters who are swamping local school systems. One Iraqi or Afghan employee brings a lot more dependents and expenses with him. In 2017, the 4,677 Iraqi and Afghan employees brought 13,713 dependents with them for a total of 18,309 refugees. Those were the worst numbers since before Obama took office. While conventional refugee numbers have been slashed, the number of special immigrant visas for Iraqis and Afghans drastically shot up because the Pentagon was getting its way on immigration. Few of these visas were for actual interpreters. That number tends to be capped at 50 50 a year. Most of the SIV applicants coming in had to have only worked for a few years in often vaguely defined capacities. This goes back to our previous president putting people into positions of authority that have an agenda to destroy this nation. This is where that goes back to. And they're still doing it. And Trump now has to try to work to undo what is being done. It's criminal. Mongolia today. Reuters. Mongolian president placed under quarantine after returning from China. Mongolia's president Batulga and other government officials have submitted to a 14-day quarantine after returning home from their visit to China. Batulga is the first head of state to visit China since the country began implementing special measures to curb the coronavirus outbreak in January. He arrived in Beijing with Foreign Minister Tsogba Atar and other senior government officials and held a meeting with Chinese President Xi Jinping and Premier Lei Qiquang, I guess is how you pronounce his name. They were taken into quarantine as soon as they arrived in Mongolia as a precautionary measure. So there you go, quarantining the coronavirus. From Daniel 12 Technology Today, Mail Online, coronavirus again. China's facial recognition systems are evolving to recognize people with partially covered faces as coronavirus outbreaks prompt huge increase in the number wearing masks. They don't want you to be, you know, hiding behind a mask. So now they're 
adapting these things to even figure out who you are without seeing your face. Chinese tech companies have been enhancing their facial recognition systems. Upgrades now allow the computer system to identify people wearing face masks. People are increasingly opting to wear face masks to avoid catching COVID-19, and they're probably doing it to hide from their government as well. So, mail online. U.S. government is developing a nuclear thermal rocket to send satellites into the vast cislunar space between Earth and the moon in a renewed space race with China. The nuclear engine will allow the U.S. military to better position its satellites. It is called the Demonstration Rocket for Agile Cislunar Operations, or DRACO. Sounds like something from a Sylvester Stallone movie, DRACO. The engine is built by DARPA, but will be operated by the USAF. It will enable satellites to be moved further, faster, and with less fuel than conventional chemical engines. Kind of cool there. Mail online. Scientists develop a way to make diamonds quickly and easily with surprisingly little heat, but they are no bigger than the width of a human hair. Does anybody know what you would use diamonds in this capacity for? Industrial diamonds, yeah, you do. You'd use them on, uh, you know, grinding wheels and cutting wheels. Diamonds are needed for that, and they need to be really small, and they cut things up. Well, now they can make these things. You don't have to go looking in the earth for them anymore. The team's technique uses powders derived from petroleum and natural gas. These are pressurized between two polished diamonds and heated by a laser. In a matter of microseconds, the powder transforms into tiny diamonds. That's very cool. They, they can just use these diamonds now. They can make them at will and they can, you know, you can get things to cut things up all the time. So there you go. Revelation Plagues today. From Watchers. Crops ravaged by a massive sandstorm. Heavy impact on all crops grown in the open ground. Does anybody know where this is? I had no idea. The Canary Islands, right out in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, yes. Crops in the Canary Islands were ravaged by a massive sandstorm affecting the archipelago. Agrarian leaders are expecting the damages to be long-term as not only the current harvest was lost, but the next ones are also at risk. The sandstorm known as Kalima in the Canary Islands was described to be the worst in 40 years. It wreaked havoc across the archipelago, caused hundreds of canceled flights, exacerbated bushfires, which forced thousands to evacuate and badly affected the agricultural sector. Among the worst hit crops are banana, potato, and avocado. The effects of sandstorm also threaten ornamental flowers. Almost half of the plants are in the ground, but in those still standing, the damage has been so brutal that they cannot be packaged. Meanwhile, many banana plantations will have to be uprooted and sown again with the investment that this entails. In these cases, there may be a year of loss as future harvests are also at risk. For potato crops, the areas hit by the sandstorm are those in which the drought had not yet affected. Those have been completely blown away. The president of Asaga fears that there will be a reduction in the production of potatoes at nearly 5%. Green leafy vegetables, such as lettuce and escarole, whatever that is, were also severely hit. Avocados were ravaged in the middle of their flowering period, thus the next harvest will be compromised. I had no idea, but that place, they got pictures of it. You can't see across a parking lot with the sand that comes off of Africa and deposits there in the Canary Islands. So good stuff there. From Zero Hedge, 38% of people in survey are avoiding Corona beer 
due to the coronavirus. <laughs> yes, that ought to be in the irony section, but can you believe that? 38% are, I'm not going to drink Corona beer because I'm going to get the virus from it. That is some people not thinking life through very clearly. And then from CNBC, Trump considering, oh, this would make the libs head explode. But they got themselves into this. They are pushing this agenda. We know that. Okay, they are pushing it. Trump considering travel restrictions at U.S.-Mexico border over coronavirus. That will make them go crazy. Good job, President Trump. He just knows exactly where to poke people. He is wonderful. From Zero Hedge, World Health Organization encourages adoption of alternative greetings. I've been seeing them on Facebook this morning, like the elbow tap and the foot shake to fight coronavirus instead of, uh, you know, uh, Shaking hands, you want to do the foot tap or the, uh, the elbow, whatever, okay? As humanity struggles to adapt to the coronavirus outbreak, which has suddenly introduced a patina sinister risk to mundane activities like greeting a friend or visiting the supermarket, the Yan Lu Lin School of Medicine has published a new greetings guide to help people in virus-stricken communities learn new greetings like the elbow tap, the foot shake, and of course, the wave. The final pane on the comic format graphic encourages readers to develop their own greetings. Well, I know there's a couple of Trekkies in here. Yes, there you go. Hey, live long and prosper, okay? Uh, zero Hedge. Greet, greet each other. Greet you over the internet. That's right. Just greet each other over the internet. Don't go out anymore. That's right. Okay, from Zero Hedge, World Health Organization urges people to go. Here it is. I said this a couple weeks ago. Chris in the back picked up on it immediately, okay? There's only a couple things I think this is involving. One of them is to destroy the populist agenda in the world, okay? That is one of them. If they can harm their own economies to get rid of people like Trump, they will do it, okay? And the second one is to bring in a cashless society. I can agree with those two. I don't believe in conspiracy theories, but those are obvious. Those aren't conspiracies. Those are obvious based on what the Bible says. The Bible says that we will be in a world where you can buy or sell nothing without the mark of the beast. How do you get to that point? This is one way. The second way is um, to get rid of people like Trump because he is opposed to that type of an agenda. He wants individual nations to be individual nations. You can't do that if you have that in place. So here we go. The World Health Organization urges people to go cashless because dirty banknotes can spread the virus. They've been spreading viruses for thousands of years and humanity has existed. Who cares? But this is the agenda. Use your sense and use it wisely and keep it in context with the Bible. Anything else is just a conspiracy theory, but if it matches the Bible, then you can bet that that is probably part of that agenda. Okay. World meter again this week. This is as of yesterday. It may have gone up, but this is yesterday. Coronavirus, 104,000 people have been infected. 104,000. There are, I'll give the numbers in a minute. 3,526 dead and 58,559 recovered. Okay, you got more than half of them recovered, and the other ones are on their way to recovery or whatever, but the numbers are very low. Okay, the rest of the world, 456. Okay, then you have the U.S. is 355 with 17 dead. Oh, rest of the world means other than China. So you've got China, total is about 3,100 dead, 
and then the rest of the world 456, and then the U.S. is 355 with 17 dead. That's all the numbers that there are. We'll go back to the flu as we've done each week. The world is 64,000 plus. That's the same as last week because I could not get anybody to give a current number. They don't want to give it out anymore. So from the United States, 32 to 41 million have been infected with influenza during this season alone. 32 to 41 million as opposed to 355. And we're worried about coronavirus. 310,000 to 500,000 have been hospitalized. Okay? 18,000 to 41,000 have died in the United States. That means more die in a single day of the influenza than have died in all of the, uh, a lot more than all of the coronavirus. And they are worried about coronavirus so that they can harm the businesses in this nation, keep people inside, not buying. And then what's going to happen? The economy is going to tank and it's going to be blamed on our president. No doubt about it. This is not a conspiracy. This is something that I said weeks and weeks ago, and it's proven true so far. So there you go with that morality today from the Christian post, Sweden. And you don't think this is an agenda? Of course it is. Sweden, 1,500% 1, documented rise in gender dysphoria in teens since 2008. Now imagine that. 1,500% people are ruining their next generation by getting on this bandwagon. Between 2008 and 2018, the rate of teen girls ages 13 to 17 being diagnosed with gender dysphoria grew by approximately 1,500%. A report from Sweden's Board of Health and Welfare said... The report follows backlash, which began in March in the Scandinavian country after the government, heavily swayed by the Swedish LGBT group RFSL, proposed a new law in the fall of 2018 that would have lowered the age for medicalized gender treatments, scrapped parental consent, and permitted kids as young as 12 to change their gender on legal documents. In October, an investigative news program highlighted Stockholm's Karolinska University Hospital, which received criticism for performing double mastectomies on trans-identifying females as young as 14. Imagine that. Mail online. Germany's top court scraps ban on assisted suicide, sparking dismay from church groups. This is becoming global. Let people kill themselves. Let people kill themselves. German lawmakers rule people have the right to self-determined death. Well, the government shouldn't be helping with it by providing all of the necessaries. If they want to die that way, there are plenty of buildings in Germany that they can jump off of, but it should not be something that we are involved in as a people. That's just wrong. And I'm not telling people to jump off a building anyway. I'm saying that life is precious, and that's not the way you go about it. Anyway, from the Hill. Florida lawmakers passed bill requiring parental consent for abortions. Governor expected to sign. Good job, Florida. The state house voted 75 to 43, largely along party lines, of course, for the legislation, with Republicans arguing parents should be included in the decision and Democrats arguing it could put girls at greater risk of danger, according to the AP. It's absolutely crazy on the Democrat side, but you can't, as I've said many times in this prophecy update, you cannot give an aspirin to a child at school. If you do, you can go to prison for that, but you can give them an abortion. It's absolutely crazy. What the bill. The dangers to the child? Yeah, what are the dangers to the child? Exactly. The bill reportedly includes provisions to allow a girl to ask a judge for a waiver in cases of abuse, incest, or when telling the parent could cause more harm than allowing the procedure. 
Doctors who perform abortions without parental consent for a minor would face up to five years in prison. Good job for a third degree felony. I totally agree with that. Our other category. All right. Last week I said that if you type in Siesta Key Sunrise 7-Eleven, okay, you will see some of my sunrise photos. A guy in Australia, a friend of mine, Graham, did exactly what I said to do. He looked up 7-Eleven Sunset Sarasota or whatever I told you to type and he typed it in and he got an article. He found an article that says 7-Eleven leaf blower at 4.30 in the morning. Is this normal? <laughs> Siesta Key Forum, TripAdvisor. Okay, and the comments were, some of the comments, some crazy looking barefooted guy who was blowing sand off the parking lot at 4.30 in the morning. And yes, that was me. And then the TripAdvisor report, I read it and he was not exactly honest. He says he's a retired cop. This would not be a retired cop because he threatened my life. And so I said, if you don't leave, I'm going to call the police. But yes, that was me. I have to work when I can. It doesn't matter what time of the day you go to blow off a parking lot. It doesn't matter. There will always be a problem with it. Okay. 4.30 in the morning happens to be the best time of the day. Okay. If people don't like it, there is no ordinance in Sarasota County that says you cannot. Okay. But if I go at nine o'clock, guess what? The parking lot's full and you can't do your job. Okay. If I go at nine o'clock at night, the people sit there in their cars and they eat and they eat and they eat and they never leave. And so you can't do your job. I'm not going to do it at 12 at night, obviously. So 4.30 in the morning and you get a crazy looking barefoot guy. That's what you get for following my advice. You find that. Thank you, Graham. That made my day when I got that. Okay. Zero hedge. In retaliatory move, U.S. to limit staff at China's state-owned media propaganda companies. The U.S. plans to cap the number of personnel who work at Chinese government-backed propaganda news outlets in the United States. This is a smart move. It may sound like, you know, fighting between Trump and China, but this is something we should not have allowed for years and years, and they've been doing it. The retaliatory move comes after China expelled nine foreign reporters since 2013 and three last month over their reporting of the virus outbreak. The senior official said caps on Chinese media outlets operating in the United States could be reduced to 100 from 160. The five news outlets the U.S. government will limit are Xinhua, CGTN, China Radio, China Daily, and the People's Daily. All must comply with the new limits by March 13th. That's next Friday, I believe. Yes, Friday the 13th. Uh, Chinese state media outlets have freely operated in the United States for years, and it now appears the Trump admin wants to restrict their reporting. Trump officials are declaring the media outlets are not practitioners of journalism, but rather operatives of the Chinese communist government. And that is true. They, they know this is. China has long massed intelligence operations with journalistic credentials. Jonathan Turley, a law professor at George Washington University, said, The danger is China could reciprocate against our journalists, Turley added. The difference is our journalists in China are actually journalists. So there you go with that. And I don't know if you've been following it, but Trump has now sued three media outlets for falsely reporting, three of them. They're saying it's an attack on the press. No, it's been an attack on the presidency of the United States of America, and he is finally taking action. Maybe I'll include that next week's update with some reporting or whatever, but I would love to see that go through. They will stop this fake news if they finally are held to account. And if not, they're just going to run rampant over the society. So we'll see what happens with it. Zero Hedge. Fox News crushes primetime with highest ratings in 24-year history. You'll wonder why? Because the news is fake out there. And I'm not a big proponent of Fox News either. I don't watch any news, but I don't even have cable on my TV. But 
Fox News dominated the basic cable news industry in February, hitting the highest ratings in its 24-year history. A meltdown of leftist cable news networks, good, has allowed Fox to obtain the highest ratings ever to become the most watched channel in all of basic cable for the 44th consecutive month. Fox averaged 3.53 million viewers, followed by MSNBC's 1.78 and CNN's 1.05. Fox's primetime hosts, Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson, and Laura Ingram, had the top shows in all of cable. Year-over-year trends show Fox's viewership increased by 35% this month, while CNN fell 3% and MSC plunged 9%. Okay, from the Epic Times... Chris Matthews abruptly announces retirement from MSNBC. Good job. Okay, he was caught doing exactly what he's been accusing people of doing forever and ever, so I'm glad he's gone. From Fox News, court hands Trump win in sanctuary city fight, says administration can deny grant money. Good job, President Trump. It's a great article. White House to deploy tactical border patrol agents to 10 sanctuary cities. A federal appeals court handed a major win to the Trump admin in its fight against sanctuary jurisdictions, ruling that it can deny grant money to states that refuse to cooperate with federal immigration authorities. It ought to be obvious. It ought to be just obvious, but it's taken going through the courts to make this happen. The Second Circuit Court of Appeals in New York overturned a lower court ruling that stopped the admin's 2017 move to withhold grant money from the Edward Brain Memorial Justice Assistance Grant Program, which dispenses over $250 million a year to state and local criminal justice efforts. Today's decision rightfully recognizes the lawful authority of the Attorney General to ensure that Department of Justice grant recipients are not, at the same time, thwarting federal law enforcement priorities, a DOJ spokesman said in a statement. The grant conditions here require states and cities that receive DOJ grants to share information about criminals in custody. The federal government uses this information to enforce national immigration laws, policies supported by successive Democrat and Republican administrations. New York City and liberal states, including New York, Washington, Massachusetts, Connecticut, sued the government and the United States District Court for the Southern District of New York backed them, ordering the money be released and stopping the government from putting immigration-related conditions on grants. But the appeals court ruled that it cannot agree that the federal government must be enjoined from imposing the challenge conditions on the federal grants here at issue. These conditions help the federal government enforce national immigration laws and policies supported by successive Democrat and Republican admins, but more to the authorization point. They ensure that the applicants satisfy particular statutory grant requirements imposed by Congress and subject to attorney general oversight. It also disagreed with the district court's claim that the conditions intrude on powers reserved only to states, noting that in immigration policy, the Supreme Court has found that the federal government maintains broad and preeminent power. Good job there. I'm so glad to see that. Okay, we got a uh, lesser cure for you, and I want to see if you can figure out which article we're referring to. There is much going on overseas that has brought about waves of ill ease. To live long, stay alive, there's a new way to five so you're not killed 
by Corona's disease. In other words, <laughs> give your hand wave, but not a shake. So there you go with that. Our, uh, got a couple of ironies here for you. It's entitled, Is It Spring or Fall? <laughs> Mail online. Four courteous drug smugglers rescue police officers who fell overboard when their boats collided during high-speed chase off Spanish coast and then are arrested for trafficking three tons of cannabis. So they saved the guy's life, and then they got arrested. Okay, is it spring or fall? And then this past week, Mail Online, Oprah Winfrey takes a fall on stage during a speech about the importance of balance. There you go. Is it spring or is it fall? Such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida, to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is The Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.